What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tropes and Tirades. I'm your host, Preston Gibson. With me today, I have my friend and fellow creative writer, Tristan Albrecht. That is me. Whether you're designing a universe for a d campaign, building a story world for a future novel, or just a fan of fantasy, we're here to talk about the numerous tropes that define the genre. Each episode, we will explore a specific trope and hopefully help you decide whether it's something you want to incorporate into your own unique creations. Tristan, what's your best dwarven insult? Oh, an insult towards a dwarf or an insult that a dwarf would say to somebody? I think that a dwarf would say to people. Let's say like, uh... Mm. Umgak. Uh, <laughs> that's stealing. That's, that's not stealing. Tristan. Maybe, like, uh, well, they'd want to make fun of elves and fun of people who are, like, in the sun, right? So probably call them, like, a sunburnt, pointy-eared, um, I, ah, I'm trying to think of, like, just, like, a good punchy word. I don't know, help me out. Uh, sunburnt, pointy-eared. Just make up a dwarven word, dude. Oh, uh... Sprog Grackle! Drum Gringy. No, that's all, that sounds like Gringy, which is also mm. from Warhammer. Yeah, or Grom Brindle. Yeah. That's a man. Yeah, for Warhammer. Grom Brindle. Gekke, Gekke Brax. Why does this gotta sound harsh? The more German it sounds, the better. No. No, no, German. okay, hold on. I'm here to say Germanic. that Warhammer has the best wars. That's it. Hmm. Edit yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> what, you you want to you fight that? You want to argue against that? Yeah, argue against I, it. I just think this is a very inconsistent start. Uh, and I would say that Warhammer dwarves are exactly identical to most other dwarves. Yeah, they just have... The There's n not really much original about Warhammer dwarves, except that they have steam tanks. That's pretty normal dwarf shit, too. Yeah, so... Yeah. Your well, statement okay. is fucking foolish. So, where are we what, going with this? What's your you counterpoint? No, now it's a fucking, now we're just ragging <laughs> on Hanson. Hanson, share another opinion about a dwarf. Um, they're the most fleshed out of any dwarves that I've read or seen. How many dwarves have you read? I've never read a dwarf. That's what you just said. <laughs> so what, you're a liar now? <laughs> Wow. Listen, everybody, tweet at Hanson and tell him how big of a... Yeah, tweet at me and agree with me on how Warhammer has the best dwarves. And tweet, how at, tweet at Hanson and tell him he's a tool. He's only read one type of dwarf. He doesn't know anything. Hey, I, I've seen Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I haven't that, read a whole lot of dwarves. That does either, qualify you to this podcast. Dude, I wikipedia dwarves on Lord of the Ring dwarves, and I can tell you, dude... They're fleshed. So in Lord of the Rings, the dwarves were made by the son of the dude who made the elves. Okay. And he didn't want to wait for his dad to make the elves. So he's like, oh, I'm going to make these people. And he made the dwarves. And then he made seven dads. And then he was like, oh, I don't know how to give people life. And then he showed him to his dad. And his dad's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't want these things out there before elves. I'm going to make him sleep under the mountain. And then he did. And then when elves came, then the dwarves woke up. This sounds like trying to like uh, play any sort of strategy or world building or city building game with multiple people. 
Just arguing over who's who's whatever is the ugliest. Hey, listen, I'm making people first. Yeah, like, bro, you already, bro, you already made. Oh hey, my, listen, you made a fantasy race already, bro. They're so ugly. Yeah, Dude, go no. make them. Sleep. No, I'm gonna put a mountain over that. Go make I don't them sleep see that. under the mountain. I'm trying to make people with ears that have points. Yeah, mine are and prettier, live though. forever. <laughs> they live forever. Do yours live forever too, bro? You took that idea for me. Listen, I came up with that. How about yours only live 800 years? I'll make mine live forever, and yours can almost live forever. Because 800 years is a long fucking time, but, like, it's not forever. Yeah. But, like, keep your little ugly dudes, like, way out of my city, bro. Because I'm working on something right now. It's really cool. I really don't want to see your ugly-ass dwarves in my elf Here's city. what doesn't make sense, right? So, you want your people to have beards, right? But how are people who live forever supposed to have beards? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they got to have their beards be gray and then, you know, brown and then gray and then white, you know? <laughs> but, like, if you make them live forever, their beard's just going to be fucking base brown their entire life. Or, like, ginger. Nasty, dude. Is that lore? Do, do dwarves ever get gray hair? I'm sure they... Yes. Dude, they're, they're old dwarves, right? I thought you'd seen Lord of the Rings. I have, yeah. I'm just trying to picture... I mean, yeah. I thought you seen The Hobbit, I mean. There's more dwarves in there. there yeah, I, that's what I'm picturing is like there's one or two that are like old dwarves, right? Yeah, and some of them don't have beards and it's gross. Yeah, I've actually like I've seen some fantasy like concept art that, you know, just like on the internet of like that dwarves when they don't have their beards have like something else weird going on <laughs> underneath. Yeah. You know, like, like they like don't have like a jaw or something like that. I can't picture a dwarf without a beard. I mean, they'd either just be, like, a really, like, fat, stumpy dude with a bunch of chins, or... You know what's also hard to picture? What? A dwarf and a woman. So here's what's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because everyone does it different. Yeah. But there was one... I, I was just hearing about this. I don't remember what series this is. I don't remember what uh, world this comes from, but... There's one that I was hearing where, like, like the dwarves' beards were basically, like, filtration devices for, like like working underground where there's like a lot of like fumes and dust and stuff like mm -hmm. that and so it's basically like wearing a dust mask so everybody including the women had like big old beards and like if they didn't have them then like they would probably suffocate to death it's an interesting take i think in uh and in lord of the rings even dwarven women have beards yeah i think it's just kind of a that that's sort of a dwarf thing i mean then of course you know there are plenty of series like most modern depictions of dwarves like dwarf women are just like also short and stocky but like very clearly women yeah um i don't know it kind of depends on the on the direction you want to go i always think it's funny when it's like yeah there there are other dwarves that are slightly bigger than the other ones still have big bushy beards you wouldn't be able to tell but those ones are the are the females i always think that that's kind of a cool take on that kind of thing mm -hmm. because i mean yeah like that's kind of the whole image of dwarves is that they're big bearded people Big bearded beauties. Mm -hmm. But I was saying, Lord of the Rings really set the, uh, I mean, foundation for what we use as, you know, the modern dwarf template, which is short, big beards, resistant to fire, made metal first. Live in the mountains. Live in, live in the mountains. Build beautiful halls. Industrious, seen as ugly. You know, have a, uh, have like almost a brother relationship with uh, elves like I can pick on you and make fun of you but nobody else can 
Mm-hmm. And if that goblin tries, I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> yeah, like they're all on the, the good side generally. Yeah. Elves and dwarves and humans tend to be on the good side of the, you know, the fantasy races mm-hmm. all together, even though they don't get along. Though humans and dwarves seem to get along in most worlds. Yes. Which, like, I guess when you look at, like, the values of your average, like, fantasy human race and your average fantasy dwarf race, like, it does make sense. They're very, very, yes, yeah, similar. Yeah, how they function. Whereas elves are more like uh, trees and. Uh... Yeah, elves are like like almost antithesis to humans mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, especially like in the whole like industry and um, progress type ways. But then dwarves, I mean, like they still build giant cities and they still care about like industrialization Getting more turned. than humans. Yeah, and that of course, and so. They kind of just, in some ways, I feel like they're almost a little bit redundant to humans, but they got their own thing going on. They do have their own thing going on. I, don't, I wouldn't do. say redundant. They, they play almost, in most stories, they play a more potent role than I think elves do. I think so. And I think they take the hardworking element of humans and like crank that up more. Yes. Is kind of what their goal is. I think most uh, uh Dwarves are depicted as like craftsmen. Like yes. they, they're no matter where they're found, like you could find a dwarf and be like, "Hey, make me a sword," and you'd be like, "No, I mean, I, I used to do that, but now I, now I'm a gym cutter." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're they have their their artisans. Not to generalize, not to be racist, but yeah, you no, probably well, if you walk into a like, don't walk up to a dwarf on the street and ask him to you know forge you a knife, but. Most of them have experience in it, you know? Yeah, like, you can assume that if, if you're in your standard fantasy story and there's a bunch of people in a little village and one of them is a dwarf, who's the most likely to be the blacksmith? He's probably, the probably got knowledge, and if he's not a blacksmith, he's got knowledge in metallurgy, for yeah. sure. For yeah. sure he knows how to temper a good sword. Yeah, they like metals, because they live underground. It just goes hand in hand. That's right. But, um... But yeah, I mean they're very industrious little little dudes. Um, they make humans look lazy, which you know is funny because humans make every other fantasy race look lazy. In a lot of worlds. In yeah, not all of them, not all of them, but they also tend to be you know uh, really sturdy, hard to kill, live a long time, resistant to fire, resistant to a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they uh, they like getting getting bloodied, you know. They're like getting into thick like of it. Punching. If there's Axing. a if there's a dwarf wizard, it's almost an anomaly in a lot of ways. It's true, yes. Normally they're they're you know, they get big old armor or barbarian type stuff and just get in there and start hacking and stuff. Also axes. Lots of axes. Lots of axes, lots of the cousin to the pick. Here's an interesting, yeah, it's it's cool you say that, because it is weird to me that dwarves are depicted as using axes when they don't live in a place with trees. I think it'd be so cool if dwarves use picks more. They should have war picks, yeah. That would be, yeah. War picks and swords. Yeah. Like, it makes sense for them to have swords, because swords are like, like a, swords are like, you know, like the, um, they're the luxury car of forged things you know they're like the mm. nicest thing you can forge is a sword so it makes sense that they have swords wow but why axes really? like axes are like the most they're, they're really simple to mass produce they're really simple to distribute they're cheap to replace like why do dwarves use axes instead of let's, picks and swords? let's all call tristan out and say 
tweet at him and really get upset if you think that swords are not the like to say the swords are the luxury car of all weapons the best thing you could forge come on tristan i mean it's true though like swords are really hard to make and so they're made as a flex and they're carried as a flex like i think most weapons are like take a lot of a lot of specific I mean, they all do, but swords are the hardest to make. That's just like that's just like a smithing thing. I mean, there are more effective weapons than swords that are easier to make. Pole arms are really easy to make. I mean, relative to just smithing in general, pole arms are really easy to make, but they're also probably the most effective weapons. So like spears, pole axes, but like swords are a flex. So I can see why. I can see why dwarves would be into those, right? But as far as weapons go, it feels like, yeah, they should be using, like, it's, swords and picks. It's hard to imagine a dwarf wielding a sword, and I think it's just because of how short they are. If they mm. had swords, they would be so fucking out of range. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe they would get, like, They have like, to have axes swords. or, like, picks or something. But they could carry, like, big old, like, Scottish-style claymores. It makes sense, too. Dude, the, but the imagery would just be really bad if you put a claymore in a dwarf hand. You think so? I can picture it right now. I mean, it's big. I can picture it, too. It doesn't look good. I Hanson, think it looks good. How's your mental image on that? Uh, yeah, it doesn't bug me. Yeah, greatsword-wielding dwarf. I mean, I, anybody who's played, you know, enough 5e, I'm sure has seen it, their share of greatsword-wielding dwarves. But also, like, why axes? Why not an evening star? Why not? Like, I, it's just funny to me because axes are a tool that was first made to cut trees. And then it's like, now it's like... It's not that's like their weapon. Type. They live in mountains. It's not like they always live under the mountain. Like no, that's true. How do you true. build a mine without, you know, some oak? I guess, but it doesn't feel like like central to their aesthetic. For me, it makes sense for like woodsman-style creatures like goblins and maybe even elves to be using axes. You know, ones that are found that are centered around trees, right? But then dwarves are using axes all the time. I wonder if it's because they're. But even this is kind of like not quite accurate, but like I wonder if it's because they're supposed to be depicted like Vikings quite often. Like I wonder if that has something to do with it because, you know, dwarves are a Scandinavian thing. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's why they have axes because Vikings were known for using axes, even though they also use swords. Um, I think they even use hammers as well. But I think that's like the only, I think that's where the aesthetic part comes from. Even though for me, it's like why it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, war picks are a perfectly good weapon and are really freaking cool and make sense because they're all miners. Oh, Dwarf from the Witcher actually has a sword. Does he really? Yeah, it, it's a, uh, oh God, Zuriel, something like that. Uh, it's a really cool sword that he's got. And he wants to be a... We'll just hop and start talking about The Witcher now. Mm -hmm. He, uh... I can't remember what his name is. But he is a dwarf. And a group of dwarfs that, like, robbed a trader. Mm -hmm. And want to use his money to start a, uh... Start a place. You know, like, uh... Start a little village or, like, a bandit camp or... Uh, they want to start a forge. Oh, okay, okay. And make uh, swords. So they steal a bunch of merchants. And a guy wants to be a gym cutter. A little no man. Ah, that's really cool. General Schutenbach, I think his name is. I didn't know The Witcher had gnomes. Just just a couple. Mm. Oh, wait, no. That's, a that's guy that sniffer works real well. Mm. But, uh, yeah. He gives with 
ends up giving the Witcher a sword, and it's the sword he uses to kill all the baddies and stuff. So or what is on the last half of the book? I'm curious because Arkham. you know my my main experience with the Witcher is Witcher three, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of dwarves in that one. Okay. So what what do they what does the Witcher do with dwarves? Do you think is unique? Do you think it does anything that stands out? Uh, no. No. They are traders. Mm. Like they trade. Uh, they're pretty much dwarves, mm-hmm. and then they fight in the human war, and the humans. Like, fuck them by not giving them money. Mm-hmm. And then they are caught in a pogrom, which is a word I had not heard of until I read the book. What does that mean? It means that peasants got real racist. Mm. And then they decided to start throwing rocks and murdering dwarves. I think there was tell of a, of a lady dwarf that got stabbed to death and their child got smashed against a building mm-hmm. bunch of just bad stuff yeah i mean that's pretty par for the course with witchers humans right is they're pretty terrible to every other race isn't that kind of their their mo humans i mean dwarves were doing it too they're mm-hmm. fucking murdering each other yeah, nobody enough, knows enough. who threw the first stone yeah but it still seems like i mean given that like humans are the ones that are so prosperous in that world it seems like oh yeah, yeah. probably Humans fucking suck. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty bad <laughs> in The Witcher and in general, but in The Witcher they're pretty mean, mm-hmm. and all of them are pretty um, ruthless. But let me find you some good quotes. Okay. Uh, this will show you that uh, the Witcher dwarves are very true to dwarvenness. Okay. Yes. Yes. Squilled Baron. Villabert's daughters in chorus, drying their sodden scarves. Drying their sodden scarves. Sing on, Master Dandelion. What happened next? Did the Witcher and Yennefer, the Enchantress, find each other in the end? Did they fall in love with each other? Were they happy? We want to know. Enough, roared the dwarf leader, a growl in his throat, shaking his mighty waist-length red beard. It's crap. All these princesses, sorceresses, destiny, love, and women's fanciful tales... If you pardon the expression, great poet, it's all lies. Just poetic invention to make the story prettier and more touching. But of the deeds of war, the massacre and plunder of Sintra, the battles of Marindal and Sodden, did you sing that, mighty Dandelion? There's no regrets in parting with the silver for such a song, a joy of warrior's heart. And I, Shelton Skaggs, declare there's not an ounce of lies in what you say. And I can tell the lies from the truth because I was there at Sodden. I stood against the Nilfgaard invaders with the axe in my hand. I, Dominaire of Troy, shouted the thin knight with three lines passant blazoned across his tunic, was at both battles of Sodden. But I did not see you there, Sir Dorf. No doubt because you were looking after the supply train, Sheldon Skaggs retorted, while I was in the front line where, there were thi- where things got hot. Mind your tongue, Beardy, said Dominaire of Troy, flushing, hitching up his sword belt, and and who you're speaking to. Have a care yourself, the dwarf whacked his palm against the axe wedged in his belt, turned to his companions and grinned. Did you see him there? Friggin' knight, see his coat of arms? Ha! Three lines on a shield, two shitting, and the third snarling. <laughs> what, a, what a gamer. He's <laughs> like, I don't want to hear love stories. I want to hear those are those are for women, all right. I'm a I'm a big dwarven man. All I want to hear about is 
people killing each other. I like eating steak and taking big shits. Yep. What a gamer. Um, yeah, no, that's, that definitely reads as like a dwarf. Like if I just dropped a dwarf into that scene. Yeah. That's what I kind of expect to happen. Yep, it's right? pretty much every every scene is like that. I don't think there's a dwarf that kind of breaks out of the mold. Really? And how, how far into the series are you? I finished it. You finished it all the way, so it really is just the dwarves are kind of just, they play their type. Yes. Okay. I mean, you know, there's nothing that's The Witcher's wrong with that. very good friends with them. He with gets along the best with the dwarves. That makes sense to me. Yeah. That, that tracks, for yes. sure. Yes. For sure. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I think you can play dwarves pretty safe and they're still fun because they're cool. They're a really good formula. Yeah. I think that dwarves are really, like, probably one of the best fantasy formulas as far as just, like, having a race that, like, fits in almost any tone because they're just consistent. Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, I can't think of a fantasy world where dwarves wouldn't get along just fine, right? Why don't the humans just wipe out the dwarves? Well, because they make really good fucking weapons and then they also are pretty chill. Yeah. Versus elves who are just like, we cannot fuck without you. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that that's, a, that that's a witcher thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. And again, you can play them pretty straight without a whole lot of editing. But, I don't know. Do you have any examples of ones that try to deviate a little bit more? Uh, yeah, we can get into the, we can get into Aragon. Does Aragon uh, do something weird with dwarves? It does different things with dwarves. Mm -hmm. it, um, there are dwarven mages. Um, that's, that might be it. Uh, they live on the ground. They have big old beards. They mine. They can do magic though, and their government is divided into thirteen different factions, which are like clans, and each clan has a chief and the chief and then they vote who gets to be king. Very very safe dwarf, I would say. Yeah, so they, they just get into the social structure a little bit more than usual. Yeah. Well, not even more than usual. They have the usual they have dwarven gods if you want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, what I, you know, we would have to get into it too, like, on a really granular level, but, like, what do the values seem to be with those gods? Like, what do they seem to value the most? God, whatever, you know, Dorvin stuff, smithing. Is it pretty standard? Like, yeah, smithing, it's, it's, working, I'm, I'm mining. I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, very standard. Drinking and punching and... They do, at the end of the book, get... So, in Aragon, there is this thing where dragons exist. Okay. Right? Yeah. Oh, there's okay. dragons in Aragon? <laughs> you wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, well, I, I downloaded so, a copy that didn't have the, the, the oh, cover, damn. so I didn't know until like yeah. 20 pages in, dude. It's weird. When he touches an egg. Yeah. Okay, so... Even though the, humans, you know, the name of the book is Dragon, but with a different letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> humans and elves made a pact with dragons to not be at a war anymore, and yeah. so they... Yeah, that's how writers are made, you know, because they make a bond, and then the dragon wants to be with that boy forever, and then yep. that's how elves got all fancy, and that's why humans are starting to get fancy because they're you know the dragon magic is changing them to be you know be different, more powerful. And at the end of Aragon, stronger, the better, Urgles faster, stronger, and the 
dwarves are bound in inside the dragon pact. So they'll start becoming dwarven dragon riders. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's at the end of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Probably fly faster than their little legs can let them run around, you know? Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome, though. I, I wonder, like, if you were to, if you were thinking aesthetically, what kind of dragon would look good with the with a dwarf? Fat, short. Yeah, like a big, bulky dragon with, like, like copper lob, scales, lava probably. spewing with, like, mm-hmm. a tail like a club. Yeah, 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 a club at the end. Maybe some big horns, if they're horned dragons. I don't know how they do dragons in that. Picture big curled horns on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the scales being, like, kind of uh, stony looking, you know, like jagged yes yeah i agree yes be a cool looking dragon um so there will be dwarven dragon riders that is something unique uh, i mean is it i think so i don't know i guess it's not it's not a thing that i automatically picture but also you think the two would normally be in opposition living you you think that they'd want to inhabit the similar spaces in under mountains and in like big old rooms, you know, mm-hmm. they have opposing interests. They do, but then at the same time, that almost makes me feel like they would be more likely to tame a dragon because they're around. Well, they they initially were the race fighting dragons when every other race showed up. I think in mm-hmm. oh, that makes makes sense, and that's kind of you know that's a cool callback to Lord of the Rings a little bit, at least the Hobbit. That's pretty much. Smog. Their thing, you know, they're always, dwarves and elves are always the elder race, and it's usually the dwarves that have been there the longest, you know? Mm -hmm. And then dragons are usually old as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool to think about, though, dwarven dragon riders. I could totally see some kind of fantasy where, like, dwarves are the ones who have tamed little dragons, though. You know, like, little dragons that are, like, nuisances to them, but they, like, you know, halter them and... Use them like like little war dogs that can I fly. Would be cool. Stomp on them to make fire on their coals. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's actually a thing, and I just realized that that's a thing. And uh, how to train your dragon? It is, isn't it? How to train your dragon is cool, by the way. Side side note: no, huge it's tangent, nothing but... like the books. <laughs> is that from a book series? Yeah, really? I read all those book series in in high school. It's nothing. It's not even comparable. Not even same characters. Oh no, he's the he's still the son of the tribe leader. Is whatever. his name Hiccup though? Oh, he's Hiccup. Yeah, his oh, dragon is. is like this football-sized asshole. Really? Yeah. So it's not cool, like toothless. No, it's not cool, toothless. Though it is called toothless. Huh. Toothless is awesome. But it's by like the way. this. It's just rat, as far as dra- like... it's this rat miserable dragon. Um, Fish legs is super skinny, mm. and he's a berserker. <laughs> like he finds out that he's got like that deep rage. Mm. Do they tie that to mushrooms in that? I'm guessing they probably don't. I don't think so. No. They're not eating a bunch of mushrooms that make them, you know, lose their minds. Nope, no mushrooms in that. It's a cool touch, though. I wonder. Uh, it, there's usually dwarven berserkers, right? Oh yeah, dwarven berserkers are a common trope, and there are tons of like cave mushrooms, so that just makes sense. Maybe we'll talk about that in the tirade. Yep. Yeah. When we're if I'm designing a a dwarven race, there's definitely going to be mushrooms. Though there were mushrooms for the elves too. (laughs) 
We just think the mushrooms are cool, all right? We're a hey, mushrooms listen, podcast. Man. <laughs> I really like my mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, so I should also probably, I'll backtrack a little bit because this may not be common knowledge, but berserkers, like Viking berserkers historically, really like, like drug use. Is, yeah, is, is, drug use goes hand in hand with that. I don't know if that's common knowledge. It kind of is for a lot of people who know that folklore. But yeah, crazy dudes eating mushrooms, heightened aggression. I feel like that would fit in with dwarves really well. Yes. Anyway. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on to the next uh, example then. I realize that now that we haven't been uh, saying any of the book titles or authors. Oh, yeah. I mean, we haven't... I don't know if we've read a quote besides from The Witcher. No, but we should probably say the authors. That was Witcher. The the Witcher series. I think that was book three um, by Andrew Safkowski. Also, uh, Aragon is by Christopher Paolini, of course. And... uh, Lord of the Rings is J.R.R. Tolkien. You know, we're we're going off some pretty some pretty standard ones right now, so it's it's probably not too much of a concern. And now but we should say it. We should be saying we're it. We're going into Artemis Fowl by, oh dang, his name <laughs> is. I didn't put it in a collection. Ian Colifer. So yeah, Artemis Fowl. This is the one that's really Irish, right? Isn't that where a lot of it draws from? Is like Irish folklore. Uh, it has the leprechauns, which are the LEP recons, which are the <laughs> I, they're like the special forces of the fairy people. Yeah, because it's all about fairies. Yeah, it's all about the fae, right? Okay. So dwarves in I don't know if I need to read you any direct quotes because what I have are just scatterings of of just dwarf like traits. Yeah, that, you can just that I thought were funny. Give me that. Paint me the full picture. Just tell me the picture of them. Uh, well, let me just general. read them because I got so many of them. Let me, okay. I think I'll just. More into a typical dwarf cavern dwelling family, Mulch had de- decided early that mining was not for him and resolved to put his talents to another use, namely digging and entering, or generally entering mud people's property. Mud people's being humans. Mud people's right. being humans, yes. It yep. feels like a very weird thing to call somebody when your race literally tunnels through mud. <laughs> No, they tunnel through dirt and rock. Mud, not mud. Mud gets you're wet. You're right. Okay, you're That's right. That's the difference. Right. Um, dwarfs did not like fire. They didn't even like thinking about flames. Unlike the rest of fairy races, dwarfs had no desire to live above ground. Too close to the sun. So, it feels very weird that we've gone from fire-resistant master forgers to afraid of the sun. Afraid of fire. It kind of, it makes sense, though. Like, I think that's consistent, at least. Even if it's a little bit against the usual trope. That's at least, like, a consistent logic, you know? Mm-hmm. Do they forge? I don't think so. I think they were just miners in this. That makes a lot more sense, then. Because if you're forging, that's a lot of heat. Yeah. Yeah. A good tunnel dwarf can pick up the scent of gold through a half-mile granite bedrock. Mulch diggums. Had one of the best noses in the business. His name is Mulch Diggums. Yeah. That is, that's great. (laughs) Did I I tell you how dwarves dig in in Artemis Fowl? Do they just use their hands? 
How do they dig? The dwarf buttoned his back flap, which had been blasted open by the gale emanating from his nether regions. Time to make a run for it. Whatever he'd hoped... Whatever he had... Whatever hope he had of escaping undiscovered had been blown. Literally. That's right. They tunnel like earthworms. Really? Yeah. They eat rock and... Blow it out their ass. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, got, they probably got strong it's jaws. truly man. a children's book. That is hilarious. Very weird, though. So no pickaxes. No. Just, they just chew their way through. Just, yeah. Just shoot out Tasmanian devil style spinning <laughs> shit and rock as they go. That's so gross. It's fucking weird, dude. They are really weird dwarves, and that's a way different take than I've heard. Do they live in cities? They live underground. They live underground, but like, do they live like like in little like tunnel systems? Or yeah, they, they function in cities. Okay. They hate goblins. Mm-hmm. And they eat rocks. And they eat rocks, and they blow it out the other end. Yeah, and they can smell precious metals. Yep. That's funny. <laughs> that's really funny. It's also, kind of just being mulch diggums is. I think when you build a children's book, you kind of just, you don't really start with a fantasy race, like, ironed out. You kind of just throw little sprinkles of it as you go. You're like, oh, wouldn't this be funny? Yeah, right. For little gags, quite often, right? It's like for little fun gags or like little, like, just fun bits bits of info that are cute to play with for a couple chapters. And then you end up with like an earthworm, earthworm dwarf that sprays rocks and this is afraid of fire. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think that's actually super viable. You know, like I think that's a viable way to write this stuff. I mean, of course I like planning out races beforehand and like, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think that that's a requirement to make good fantasy. In fact, I kind of like when things end up being a little wacky because they weren't planned beforehand. That being a good example of like, that's just, that's a little wild, you know? I'm sure, you know, you could plan one that, that is that whimsical and funny, but that's not normally the tone you'd get from a, you, you, you know, from something that was taking itself too seriously. I, I think, think that, kids' fantasy doesn't take itself too seriously. The only thing that bugs me is that they're kind of not dwarfs, though. Mm. But, I mean, you don't have to draw from that, but they're kind of not dwarfs. They're kind of just like earthworm people. Yeah. But I they, mean, are they from, short and stocky? They're short, stocky, they got beards. Yeah, so they're dwarves. And yeah. they live underground. I mean, if it was like they're short, stocky, they, they got beards, but then they live, you know, in open fields in houses made out of, like, thatch. And they only like, eat well, ice, and they smell like lavender, and they've got green hair. Yeah, then at that point, it's like, what, what are they actually? Are we actually dealing with dwarves? But if right, they're still name underground. Name that race, dude. Name it. Name that? They eat ice. They got green hair and they smell like lavender. Sheesh, that sounds more like gnomes, honestly. We made gnomes. Ice gnomes, maybe. If they're eating ice and they're probably a frost-based creature. <laughs> frost gnomes. Congrats. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, as long as you're retaining like the core elements of a fantasy race, I think then you, you have plenty right to, to call it that. Here's one where maybe these guys don't even count, though. Okay, because... You know, I talk about Elder Scrolls a lot when we're doing this. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about fantasy races, and the Elder Scrolls has all theirs. That's the fantasy that I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. The dwarves in that are really weird. Very weird. I think I touched on it a little bit, but it's... What's kind of... You know, I don't know if it really counts because... actually dwarves? I thought there was just, like, dwarven 
They're like, called dwarves. They're a type of elf. Now, here's the thing: a lot of a lot of like Elder Scrolls fantasy, Ick, especially. Bad. We don't like elves. <laughs> These ones are cool, though. I do think that the Dwemer are cool, so they're called Dwemer. Um, so that makes them not elves. Yeah. Well, every all the elves end in mer. Oh, okay. Yeah, mer is a, there's men in mer. Um, Dwemer, I think, means deep elves. Um, anyway, so a lot of the, especially like in the Morrowind era, a lot of Elder Scrolls fantasy was specifically made to be trope breaking, almost to the point where it like was a little silly, you know, like mm-hmm. they, you could tell that they were just trying really hard to make it not stereotypical it's and it was mainly one guy Kirkbride that kind of made all that all that wackiness but the dwarves were kind of interesting in that because first of all they're elves mm-hmm. second of all they're not short okay they're they they're normal sized elves um what is kind of cool about them is that their whole aesthetic is like mesopotamian at least like the way that they dress so they got like really like their beard they do have beards unlike a lot of elves in that they do have beards um but they're like braided in really cool ways. I don't know. Like they got a really potent aesthetic to them. But um, they basically just used ma- they just made technology out of magic. Okay. I think primarily out of soul gems, though I don't know a lot. And there's a lot of lore on the dwarves that I don't know. Okay. Um, but they basically like magic themselves out of existence to like escape the plane of reality that they're in. Um, I don't know exactly all the details of that. That's again, that's like some, that's, there's a lot written about them, but I just think that they're really weird because, you know, they're a dwarven ruins and you go into them and they're like full of steam machinery and like little spiders that are powered by soul gems and stuff. And it's pretty like, yeah, okay. Like this is dwarves, right? This is dwarves with like their technology and them all living underground and these big ruins. But then like the more you find out about their lore, the more you realize that they're really just weird elves yeah i guess so they almost don't feel like like on the on the face it feels like dwarves but then like the more that you learn about them the more they don't feel like dwarves really see but that almost feels more dwarf to me than than earthworm man i guess so yeah i guess it kind of depends on your on your on your values like what do you most highly value about dwarves is it the fact that they're underground and... i don't value anything but it feels like uh I mean, like, what do you consider the most even in even in high fantasy worlds? Right, dwarves are very founded in like their abilities are similar to humans. They are just a little bit more sturdy, Mm -hmm. a little bit more thicker boned, but a little bit more crafty, maybe. Yeah, a little bit Mm -hmm. more crafty, but they their their magic is like, hey, we can send messages or also start fire, but I cannot earthworm tunnel through the ground. You know. Yeah. No, I'd say you're right. But but yeah, I, I guess Elder and, Scrolls doors are just a funny case. Yeah, and that. even Elder Scrolls, like you know, they're they built those things, but mm-hmm. and they are like they you know they, they get along with magic pretty pretty well. From what I yeah. remember, I think that the technology is reliant on magic. I don't really remember. You know, again, I don't know all the lore. I just know that they're a little bit interesting. But again, it's coming from a series where they're trying to do something a little bit unique with every one of them, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty admirable. I mean, there's a reason yeah. I like it, you know. Um, but it's very different than the Artemis Fowl Dwarfs. Very different from Witcher Dwarfs. 
you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the reason that it's always good to draw from uh, video games and uh, young adult novels, just because they come up with some crazy stuff. Yeah, they do. Quite often they do. And not always. Like, I was thinking about bringing up the dwarves from Dragon Age, but they are basically just regular old dwarves. I can't think of anything about Dragon Age dwarves that would be... That would override your your normal we were expectations. Talking, we were talking about, you know, Warhammer. Yeah, and Warhammer is very much that too. Um, so you know, not all video games are doing wacky stuff, but um, I do think that since those are like genres that are a little bit more contemporary mm-hmm. and like are a little bit more, a lot of the stuff created for them is a little bit more recent. Um, I think that yeah, there's some there's some kind of like risky decisions and stuff that, that get made from that. It's cool. It's really cool. Can't think of any other really pressing examples though. No. I mean, there you know a lot of video games will use dwarves um, if they're like not in traditional fantasy setting. Like 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 they're I've you know I've seen some video games like Deep Rock Galactic where like they're used in space but they're still definitely dwarves. Yeah. They both they yes. definitely like they're they're you know playing on all the dwarven stereotypes but now they are using heavy machinery and in space. It's definitely still tracks as dwarf. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's super fun to me, you know. Cuz again, they are kind of a fantasy race that you could drag and drop anywhere. Yeah. And they, they fit in. Yes. Well, Message us, guys, where your fav- tweet at us at Tropes and mm-hmm. where your favorite dwarf is. Mm-hmm. Just tell us where he is. Where he is, what he's Or doing. she. Where's or your, she, or they. Yeah. Where's your favorite dwarf at? And what are they, what are they up to out there? <laughs> or in there? What are they doing? Where are they in? Where, well, where are they at? <laughs> how are people treating them? How do they feel about the world they live in? Love dwarves. Thank you guys for listening. This is another fantastic episode of Tropes and Tyrates. See you next week.